It's all right. You're the uh, you're the two-time best presentation winner of C plus plus now. So, well, they are named after him, the Tony Awards. Are they the Are they called the Tony Awards? Uh, unofficially, I did not know that. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 24, recorded on May 6, 2021. My name is Connor, and on today's episode, it's just me interviewing Ben Dean and Tony Van Aird on the fourth day of C++ Now 2021. I also want to quickly apologize for my echoey, poor audio in this episode. I just moved into a new apartment and did not realize how much echo there was, so I will be sure to fix this for episode 25, but for this episode, you'll have to bear with me. Tuning in live from C++ Now 2021. We were supposed to have four people here. Uh, we currently have two. Uh, I'm here with Ben Dean, whose voice you may have heard in the pre-intro. And Tony may or may not be showing up. Um, I'm not sure, Ben, for those of our listeners that don't know you, uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I I'm probably known in the C++ community for a few of my talks, which I've done in the last five or so years at C++ Now and CppCon. Uh, I worked in the games industry for 20-odd years, and I now work in the finance industry. I've been uh, – something which just went out of my head. I've, I've been on CppCast a couple of times. Yep. That probably – well, so yeah, I mentioned this. I'm not sure how we're going to cut this up or if it's going to be mentioned twice. So yeah, um, the reason why we were, we were trying to get both Ben and Tony because they're they're quite well known. I think at C++ now, Ben in both. If correct me if I get the years wrong, 2017 and 2018. Um, 2018, I believe, was the talk with Jason Turner. You won uh, best best was, talk of the conference, or was that reversed? Tw- yeah, 2017 was the Concept Expert All the Things talk. Yep which was Jason and, and me having a lot of fun. Uh, 2018 was my declarative style talk. Yeah, easy easy to use, hard to misuse. That's probably one of my top five favorite talks of all time. Um, it, was, it was the genesis of my love for the immediately invoked uh, Lambda expression, which all right. if, if uh, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I had seen it before, but this speaks to sort of like where you are in your learning curve. Like it didn't hit me. Like I didn't, I think before that really appreciate what expressions versus statements were. Anyways, it was in that talk that I saw that and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Um, Because at that point, I think I'd known that other languages like Kotlin have if expressions, which are quite nice. I think Rust has the same thing now. Um, Right. And now you have been very prolific in your speaking career and you've, You've given names to some of these things, like the the initialize, then modify, anti-pattern. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. It's it's really just um, like I I realized after the fact that Jason had basically given a quasi same version of that talk. So I've given a talk <laughs> called "My Least Favorite Anti-Pattern," where I termed ITM, um, and then after that, and it's all just about whenever you initialize a variable and then immediately modify it, if you can avoid that, like there's some cases where you're writing an algorithm with a for loop in it, which is not a raw for loop, it's just a for loop. And uh, you're obviously gonna have variables that you're, you're modifying, but in, in the greater scope of things, a lot of times it's unnecessary. And if you can sort of uh, 
try to avoid that pattern. I think it leads to more readable declarative code. And then I ended up watching Jason Turner's, and also too, we've mentioned Jason's uh, name. I I assume like 80% of our audience knows, but Jason is also a speaker um, and he's a C++ uh, trainer. And um, he is the co-host of probably the, like the premier C++ podcast, CPP cast, which is one of my favorite podcasts as well. Jason and Rob. Jason gave a good talk at C++ now, a couple of, was it yesterday or the day before? Yeah, it was. Um, what was the title of the talk? Because I've I've renamed it uh, in my head to a different title. <laughs> the, the worst best practices. Yes. Yeah. I, I after the fact had said it's uh, the the longer title is probably uh, Jason Turner's twenty uh, year history in C plus plus and how to self publish a book. Um, right. Because because he sort of talks about that. But yeah, that was probably one of the better talks. I so I guess yeah we're we're hopping all over here. But anyway, so to wrap up the last bit, well, this is what ADSP is, though. Uh, Jason basically gave a talk on uh, best practices. And then while watching it, because I, I never saw it live, I was watching it on YouTube. I was like, half of his talk is basically just a different statement of what I'm saying. And so now I'm, I'm basically just plagiarizing, which is what I do in all my talks anyways. That's a good, that's a good way to, to give good talks is just find other good talks and then cut those all up. <laughs> it's, I, yes, I've... I do the same in the sense that, well, I've sort of learned that um, it's almost not possible to repeat a good idea enough. Like it always bears repetition. It always bears another talk, which brings a little bit extra. Um, At the end of the day, there's a lot of us who are speaking about things like strong typing, uh, declarative code, expressive code. Um, We all have our own takes on it. And it feels like, you know, if you look, if if I look back at the talks I've given, it feels to me like I've said the same thing multiple times. I'm sure it feels that way to a lot of people who give talks that they sort of rehashing the same ideas. But you know, if, if they're good ideas, and I think they are, then repetition is warranted. Yeah, and it's that's the thing, right? Is people when you're giving a talk, at least this is my experience from like both giving and watching, is that um, different? It, the talk is going to hit people different. Uh, different ways, like depending on where they are on their learning journey. Like, um, I think a lot of my talks, if you're just starting out, it's going to be, you know, o- over some of the folks in the audience head. Um, and then for other folks, I'm just repeating things that they learned 10 years ago. And it's like, oh, this is sort of entertaining. But from an educational perspective, on an individual basis for them, they haven't learned much. Um, yep. And then there's a- another proportion where it just sort of blows their mind and it opens their eyes. And um, there are, that's the thing is like Phil, I I sort of have told this anecdote before is that Phil Nash gave a talk called um, uh, Functional C++ for Fun and Profit back in like 2016 or 2017, which covered a lot of the same themes in your uh, declarative talk, easy to use, hard to misuse. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I watched Phil's talk, I wasn't like, I wasn't ready to, accept everything he like I, I just I didn't have enough uh, of like a knowledge foundation and so anyway that speaks to the, right. sort of the repeatability um, the other thing I see and I sort of come to terms with is the fact that you know nobody owns an idea and so when I'm making a talk or when I'm having ideas about what to put into a talk often I make the talk and then I see like other talks maybe even that are coming up around the same time that are talking about what seemed like exactly the same idea. And, you know, there's no, like I say, nobody owns an idea. So someone else could totally independently create a talk, which has a large overlap. I used to worry about that. Now I see that as a sign of like, okay, 
if if other people are having these same ideas, then it means probably that the the zeitgeist of C plus plus is ready for this. Like, right. it's a good sign, not a not a sign of like plagiarism or other people scooping me or anything like that. Right, and like that's exactly what happened with uh, what are the three? The Girdle, Turing, and uh, Church. Right, they all came up with the same idea. Oh, right, um, yeah. Back in the th what is it, thirties, early forties, and uh, that was the funny thing, right? Because I'm I'm gonna mess up, or maybe you do. You know the story of which person uh, disagreed with one of the others, and then uh, like I believe uh, it was Girdle who took a lot of convincing. Yeah. And and when he found out that his uh, whatever statement of the problem was the same as I think it was Turing's, he said, well, obviously I'm wrong then um, <laughs> because he's definitely wrong. So if ours right. is the same thing, I must also be wrong. And then it took him a while <laughs> to realize that, oh, no, Turing was Turing was correct. And I'm also correct. And they're the same thing, which I nice. thought that's a funny <laughs> thing that first you think they're different. Then you think they're the same. Then because you think his is wrong, you must also be wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, what you said about, you know, a talk just hitting someone at the right time in their learning journey is totally rings true with me. Also, it's a case that, you know, you can watch a talk and, and, and kind of not get all of it. But having watched it later on, when you watch another talk, that's when another talk can actually like put a light bulb on your head about the first talk. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's tons of dotted lines between um, well, I mean, if, if you, for, for those that haven't attended the conference, uh, Tony gave a, Tony Van Eer, who may or may not join in a couple minutes, <laughs> he might be working on his lightning talk uh, for later today. Uh, he gave a keynote yesterday where uh, he showed a bunch of dotted lines um, in between his solid revisited talk and what were all the talks he mentioned? Um, uh, Phil Nash's talk, um, Klaus Eagleburger, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I apologize. Yes, Mm -hmm. um, and then Kevlin Henney's given a solid talk as well. Um, and he, and then he went on to mention a bunch of other talks like um, Rich Hickey's, who's the creator of Closure. He has a famous, um, oh, look, hey. there's the man, the myth, the legend. A wild Tony appears. Yep. We were just talking about your keynote, Tony. Um, and also too, do you even, do, do we just assume all the listeners know who you are? There might be a few like Swift developers that, um, no, no one knows who I am. That's what I assume. That's not true. Well, I've come to, yes, through working in the games industry, I've come to uh, take this take this tack as well. All um, right. So, Tony, you should, I guess, briefly introduce yourself to the uh, either C++ developers that um, have never watched any talks online, because I assume yours has got to be like in the first five talks that people watch. Well, um, if I had to, if you're telling me I have to introduce myself, then let's just say everyone knows me. <laughs> uh, I'm on the committee, C++ committee. I've worked at interesting places like Adobe, BlackBerry. I still find BlackBerry was an interesting place. Um, small places, big places. I know at Christie, I do uh, projection mapping, which is really cool stuff. And uh, yeah, I give talks every now and then. Seem to people like them, so I keep doing it. Yes, if you haven't seen Postmodern C++ or Words of Wisdom, those are also two of my favorite talks um, of all time. Very, And I think I've seen uh, the Postmodern one like three or four times now because you gave it once at C++ Now, once at CppCon where it started to rhyme. And then I think you also gave it at the Prague meetup at the yep. last in-person C++ ISO meeting. Yeah, uh, rest rest in peace to uh... <laughs> three three, three times, uh, and it's different every time. 
and uh, you, you know you got to watch the next one then you can put piece together the secret message that I've left behind and all the <laughs> variations so I guess should we talk how or how are folks how are you liking virtual C++ now what are the best talks how did you you so Ben has not spoken this year but uh, Tony did give a keynote called solid revisited that we mentioned before him joining what are how are people feeling how was how was given your keynote well you know what that's the thing I uh, I have no idea. Like, I to be honest, I didn't want to do uh, virtual anything, right? Because it just feels like giving mm -hmm. talks. I don't know if people realize giving talks is actually hard, right? It takes effort, <laughs> and it really drains you. And then at the end, though, you're like, "Oh, this was really cool. This was fun. It was worth all the all the pain that you went through to do it." And and uh, it's usually a good experience, but this time it's all virtual. You don't feel the audience. You don't know what's going on, and then it's over, and you're like, "Huh, have no idea what happened, right?" Um, but uh, CPP C plus plus now is like one of my favorite conferences, so I wanted to make sure we it had a good year this year. I thought and I had no idea if, if there was going to be lots of talks or hardly any talks or what was going to happen to it. So I'm like, I'm going to put in a talk. I wasn't planning on doing a keynote, but uh, thought I'll, I'll do a talk, do my part, show up. But now I haven't seen any talks since then because, as is tradition, I see no talks before my talk because I'm too busy doing my slides. And then uh, I was gonna—I was just been busy today, as as I forgot to even that I was going to talk to you guys. I was busy doing stuff. Um, I am going to see Lisa's talk. Right, mm. Lisa, Lisa Lippincott is yep. my my favorite speaker, maybe possibly my top one of my top five you know one of my favorite speakers i uh, love the stuff that she talks about it's it's a little some people find it a little more theoretical and, and whatnot or whatever it's it's a kind of very foundational talks of how what it, what is a function you know like what what is a program uh but i love it just just love it so i'm gonna go to her talk that's tomorrow and that's that that's been my i had i had like two at least two talks circled i wanted to see barry's talk on uh ranges and stuff and he was comparing different languages but uh we were all sitting around at one of those little we, that was during the, the yesterday when we were when we all ended up at a virtual table we were in the hallway track in the hallway track yeah which has always been the best track of c plus now um so i didn't see barry's talk yet but i will watch it later it's good those. i watched it last night yeah and, uh yeah it he did a really good job comparing c and c plus and rust and, and d and he sort of put them on a functionality versus uh, complexity curve. I think it was a very sort of good comparison yeah. and, and breakdown. It had the, uh, from finance, I think it's called the efficient frontier. This is a sort of curved line and he put, we won't spoil it, but D and C++ and Rust get ranked. And then we can spoil the fact that Java was below the efficient frontier, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they there was a time when you, you look at their, iterator right and it's it doesn't feel like an iterator the way we know iterators it really is just it's it's the it, it is the collection right it's it their mm -hmm. iterators feel it's like where you pull the value out of and and it's like is there another one and then you get the next value and and the like our c plus plus what what eric did with sentinels right with ranges and he said, you know, begin end iterator. Let's make the end not really an iterator. It can be a sentinel now. It doesn't have to be an iterator. It is just a big hack. Like that is a hack. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful hack, right? It's like now your end iterator, if it was, because people used to do this in the past where your iterator had to be special, 
right? It's, it's not really the end. It just has a flag inside of it to say, when I do the comparison, I will do the real check for, for end. Um, and that was also a hack. Eric has made that hack, uh, you know, he's stamped it as official now and it's great. But, but it, I wonder if it's all, I've run into this before that two iterators is wrong, just not the right way to go. So that's why I wanted to see Barry's talk. Um, it, like, in fact, like when you have, the example is when you have an infinite range, right? I've got all the numbers, right? And now we can now do that with, with C++ ranges. This range never ends. It's got an end iterator, but it's a fake iterator. And, and uh, you know, if you're doing a zip or something else, you can, you can zip infinite numbers with a finite vector. And now you've got a number for each item in the vector or whatever you want, right? Mm -hmm. um, that end iterator is just fake. It, the whole thing is is a lie. So why do we, why do we force our iteration in our ranges to have a begin end when that's a lie, right? It should be one object that you ask, are we at the end yet? But uh, we wanted to fit it in with what we already had, and so it works really well. It's really it's it is it's really good. But it's also, you know, I, I wondered like maybe we shouldn't have gone done it this way. Maybe we should have. But I think if Eric had done the new ranges any other way, it wouldn't have happened. So. So it's the right way to do things. Yeah, there there's, are there's, there's my there's my there. hot take. My hot take. Did you need a hot take? I, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. It's good that's for the ratings. One. Sentinels are a hack. Yeah, that's what Tony says. Um, but there are some surprises there. You're right. When I remember playing with ranges the first time, and getting that sort of surprise because, uh, yeah, and a half infinite range like natural numbers can be. It has a bidirectional iterator, right? Because because we know how to move backwards and forwards, but you can't reverse it. Yeah. So, so you know that intuition kind of gets upended. Like we expect to be able to reverse something with a bidirectional iterator, but if you don't have a start place, you can't. You can reverse it. You just can only you can't you start can from the beginning. Read elements of it in reverse, <laughs> but there's nowhere to start and say <laughs> reverse this. It just take you a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so those are the two talks you were looking forward to. One you'll still get to see because Lisa's is this. We're recording yeah. this on Thursday. Lisa's talk is on yep. Friday. Barry's was mm -hmm. yesterday. There's probably more that I also wanted to see, but th that's the ones that were in my head. That uh, you know, if I went and looked at the schedule, I'd probably tell you, "Oh my God, I wanted to be at a talk right now." But <laughs> I really mm -hmm. enjoyed um, Gabor Horvath's talk from oh. this morning about um, it was about sort of compiler algorithms. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, that was, was I that didn't see the talk. Pretty, I saw good one. Yeah, I wanted that was I, I, I saw that too late. I was looking this morning at the schedule and I'm like, oh, I missed something that I was kind of it looked interesting. Yeah, it wasn't so much about sort of classical algorithms as we might know them, but um, he presented in particular a sort of algebra of um, recurrence chains, which which the compiler uses to uh, analyze loops and turn them into closed form expressions. Yeah, I, I, there's got to be a lot of magic going on in compilers, right? So there's there's been so many years of research into that kind of stuff. That... Yeah, so that was a good talk. Uh, there have also been a couple of good talks from um, Peter Somalad and I just saw Anthony Williams. They yeah. they were talking about similar, you know, uh, strong types. Strong types, yeah, yeah. strong types. Big fan, big fan of strong types. Type types plus uh, what? Did, what did I say yesterday? 
types plus, types types plus, plus functions, functions equals programming. That's my new thing, man. That's that's what my book. My book is called Types plus Functions equals Programming. No one's done a book with that's similar name, have they? That's practically the name of this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> which we stole from the book that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tony's I, joking. It's it's from Nicholas Wirth's uh, famous book, which I have not read yet. I, Bryce and I said at some point we'll read it. We can't steal the name of a book and yeah. call our podcast okay. without reading it. <laughs> what is, what is the name of it? It's. It's uh, algorithms. algorithms plus data structures equals programs. See, I, I think that's yeah. almost redundant, right? You having a data structure without an algorithm tied to it isn't like they they kind of are the same. They're they're intertwined. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, like you know, I've got a heap. Well, if I don't have the heapifying algorithms to go with it, I don't really I can't do much with this, right? I need the I need the two pieces together. Whereas types plus plus functions. That's open. That's open ended, right? I've got I've got a string type. Yeah. I've got a, and I've got an image type. I can write Photoshop. I mean, I should have used Photoshop as an example yesterday. I want image dot Photoshop to be the function on my image class, right? No one makes member functions. Like everyone makes everything a member function, but but Photoshop is not a member function of image, and <laughs> unless unless it is, maybe I haven't looked at the Photoshop source code in a long time. Maybe that's what they've got to now. It's just like, oh yeah, just make it a member function like everything else. I'm pretty sure it's not, Sean. Uh, <laughs> Sean I don't think not he, allow that. Yeah, he would not allow that. Um. <laughs> well, yeah. the other, the dichotomy I've been thinking about lately is um, computation plus I/O. Yeah, like, it's a, it's not as catchy, but like every program when you come down to it does computation and does I/O. If it doesn't do one of those things, it's basically useless. Well, this is I I always. Yesterday, I was describing some threading, and I said, "For threads, the, the you know the rule is to just don't share any data, right? Mm -hmm. People people write threads and they put locks around their data, and then they try to share their data between threads, and and well, now you've slowed yourself down because they're going to wait for each other. It's like, what? Why did you make threads and then put them in line to wait on objects on a mutex or something? Um, but you also get all these bugs and everything. But if you just hand off data to a thread and no, don't share any data after that, then you don't have any problems. Of course, if you have a thread that never shares information, it's the same problem. It doesn't do right. it. It's out there calculating pi and then never tells you the answer. Just like, <laughs> wow, great, thanks thread. You know. So yeah. eventually, yeah, you have to have IO, you have to communicate data back or something or it's kind of worthless, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw a tweet a while back, which is like every program, um, Transforms data structures until it gets the one it can print out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I uh, I almost think of now that like the data structures is like way less than algorithms because I'm falling in love with APL where they don't really they don't really have data structures. It's, it's all algorithms. Just an array. <laughs> and I need to. Yeah, I was going to say there's vector. Yeah. <laughs> <Then> you're done. <laughs> I need to apologize because Jason's talk. Oh yeah, Jay, which was another I, great talk. Another great talk. It's yeah. a great talk. Jason, about two thirds of the way through the talk, he talked about exactly what Connor's been talking about lately about the sort of foundational languages or languages that embody different computational paradigms. And he, I was in the a virtual audience. He sort of pulled me into his talk to say a few words. Um. And I totally failed to mention APL. <laughs> I was watching it because I, I even thought about it. 
Uh, so, you thought you didn't think was Jackson's talk. I didn't want to like interrupt <laughs> and like take the mic away from him. Anyone's talk is worth being interrupted just for a short mention of APL. Um, and and the the ironic thing is, is I I planned on watching Jason's talk live, uh, but I forgot that I had a, a a podcast rehearsal for a you know breaking news, a other podcast that I'll be on uh, about array programming languages. It's, I think it's going to be called Arraycast. Um, and it's gonna it's gonna focus on languages like APL, J, um, K, and Q, which are lesser well known but are very popular in the finance industries. And what, so, what letters still available? None of them. Uh, there's actually a, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. There's an article that shows uh, every single letter in the alphabet is taken. Some of them are less popular. Like I think the predecessor to R, which is like a statistical language, was S. So not many people know about S, mm. but it was. Uh, You're gonna it, have to go to non-Latin alphabets. Oh, yeah. I want yeah. T. Is T T? T I want T. T is mine. I had you this said, plan for you. You said you were gonna call it T E A though. So um. yeah, I was I was tossing between the two of which which one to call it. So I wanted that pun in there. Something I wanted. You know, is it T for Tony or T for the drink? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyways, I ended up I ended up missing it live because I was doing some other APL stuff, and then I was watching it in the recording. And then saw Ben come on talking about other languages. And I was, oh, this is great. APL is going to get a shout out. <laughs> he mentions Haskell. He mentions Smalltalk. And then doesn't mention APL. Sorry. <laughs> and my heart broke. Um, this, the, you know, C++, C++ Now has always been the conference that ha is half audience participation. Like, I've literally yeah. given the same talk in 45 minutes. It's an hour and a half talk at C++ Now. And it's 45-minute talk somewhere else, right? Because mm -hmm. I just expect it to be filled with with the audience, and I mean, I, I was doing a keynote, and I had too much, I had too many slides. I had over three hundred <laughs> slides for my keynote. That was kind of scary. Um, <laughs> I knew I didn't have time to just have a conversation with the audience. But there's actually, we if we did it right, you know, we could we could have a pretty good talks where it's like just let the audience speak live over Zoom or whatever we're using, right? Just instead yeah. of like. The one version of my postmodern, the first version of postmodern, because I, I went onto YouTube afterwards and fixed the uh, closed captioning. And there's a point in the closed captioning where I say, you know, it just shows up in the in the bottom. It says uh, Chandler asking a question or Chandler says something. Right. Yeah. And then it has dot, dot, dot. And then Chandler I... still speaking. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and it's like, there's a, it's like a minute and a half. And it's really good content. It's Chandler, right? And he's making a great mm -hmm. point. It takes him over a minute to make this great point. And I'm just standing on stage. So if you're watching on YouTube, all you get is Chandler still speaking because you can't quite hear what he's saying, right? And then, of course, someone's like, repeat the question. Like, <laughs> Chandler spoke for a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you had, everyone had a good, you know, everyone sitting at their desks or whatever, have have a microphone there, you can you could actually get a good conversation going and you know, it might it might be advantageous if if we did it right. Yeah, I did the captioning. Um, I think that year, um, the context for all the things talk. Yep. Um, when that went up on YouTube, I went and I curated the captioning, and I actually sort of turned up the volume, listened in my headphones so I could tell who was speaking and what they were saying, and I put them in the nice. captions for that year. Yeah, I was able to get most of them, but that, yeah, you're right. Chandler, there were so Chandler, many. Chandler always sits at the very back, right? Though he's, he's that's right, always yeah. at the very back row. Back right. That's... Yep, it's his spot. I hate your const expert talk. I have to officially <laughs> officially hate it. <laughs> Sorry. It it won the best talk. 
you know, my, my postmodern did not win best talk. Oh, Constant yeah. expert, were, all the things. Were you the, were you the uh, runner up that year? Yeah, I think so. I see. Yeah. So that's why. Because I was going to say there's I a mean, don't, there's a don't conspect expert all the things tomorrow. Yeah, David, yeah. So. yeah. I was interested yeah. in that one too. Maybe I'll watch that. Isn't it consolation though that awards are named after you? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's and, then the, and then along comes Carlo the next year and sweeps the board. He made up new new categories that only he could fill. I didn't make anything up. Name I... starts with C. <laughs> like they never had a first year speaker thing, first time speaker award. It's actually a really good idea. It's a good award. It is. I didn't have a chance to win that. Gretzky didn't. <laughs> Gretz, Gretzky didn't win uh, uh, rookie of the year because they didn't. You know they had, they changed the rules on him. Here, here's an anecdotal story because I, I do want to get back to the. Uh, Did the, we have a topic? The unique <laughs> nature of C now. No, because I, I had something else to say. But when I joined the Canadian uh, ISO uh, national body for C, uh, you know, Michael Wong sent out an email. He's the chair, I believe, of the C uh, national or Canadian C national body yeah. and said, welcome. And then I'm not sure if it was the first reply, but it was it was in the first couple. Uh, Tony replies because he's also a member and says, uh, my arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am never having met Tony, never having, you know, conversed with him because I, I, I don't think I'd, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think I'd met you yet. Cause you did, you didn't come to C++ now 2019. Yep. And, um, and I, he, you're like one of my favorite speakers. And I'm like, what, what, <laughs> what, <happened>? <laughs> what did I have done? <laughs> no, this was, this was great for me. Like I saw some Twitter chat and I'm like, hooray, now someone else is, Taking yeah. the mantle of being Tony's nemesis, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, to come back to the the uniqueness of C now, it's it's interesting, Tony, that you said um, you know that it's it's a lot of conversation because I think both Ben and I we both have talks that we only want to give and have not given up till this point um, that we initially uh, had submitted to C now 2020, yep. um, mm -hmm. and then like I thought about giving it at CPPCon, but like I in my head have like specifically designed this talk for like the C++ now experience because it's, it's just it's more different. interactive. You right. get, you get more engagement. Um, and that's, I actually, I, I wasn't sure what um, John was going to do because it's obviously difficult. Um, but I did, there was a, uh, I thought there was a small percentage chance that it was going to happen in zoom and everyone would have the ability, if not to just sort of interrupt, but at least like sort of in, in Google meetings, you can start a hand queue and then, um, yeah. and pass the mic off. Like I, I thought there might be something like that, but you know, probably the technical challenges of doing that without it yeah. becoming I a total mess. Is, I, yeah. I also have a talk that's C++ now only that, that I've been holding off on. And it's, it's actually in, in my head, which, so it may never happen now, but it's, it's a keynote for C++ now that, uh, that's been in my mind for years and years. But, uh, because it's a unique conference. And so I'm like, this this would not make sense anywhere else. It goes back to the basis of mathematics with uh, Gottlieb Frege and Bertrand Russell and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I, I don't know where else to give that talk. So maybe someday, maybe it won't be a keynote. Maybe it'll just be a, I'll just give it as a talk. That's what I should do. I should just propose it next year or the year after or whatever. Well, the benefit is that you yeah. get you get to sweep all the awards. Then, if you uh, if you demote your keynote talk to a regular talk, you're basically a <laughs> shoe exactly. to win everything. And no, I took, I took my best. I took my best shot. It's never going to happen now. <laughs> well, I, I'm expecting you know the the first year back to in person C plus plus now is going to be 
a hallmark year with everyone giving their these saved up talks apparently right yeah yeah it, it's that's the the other thing too is like the virtual conference has 30 minute breaks like the like the for me the best part which is you know they call it the hallway track but it's it's like the schedule like everyone's on the same time zone whereas right now we're not like i think tony and i are both in the same time zone but ben is two hours behind and there's folks in europe that you know, signed up that only watch like the last talk of the day. So it's, that's completely different, which is, it's, a, it's, uh, it's got a silver lining in that people from all over the world can attend that might not have been able to travel. But yeah. um, one, one of the really nice things about C++ now is that they've got such long breaks in between talks. Um, not all of them are, are long. Some of them are only 30 minutes, but they have like a extra long lunch break. Um, they usually have like a, a long break in between the keynotes in the evening. And, and um, I can't remember who, if it, if it was someone in the three of us or someone else that said that like the fact that at an in-person conference, you go and see a talk and then everyone upon exiting the the room is standing next to each other. And it's, it's just, everyone just starts chatting about it. Whereas here, you know, it's only a percentage of the folks that go to gather town. Um, yeah. So it's. Yep. It's yeah. I mean, nice. should, we, yeah. If we, if we do ever do this again or, you know, the, the CP con coming up or whatever it, we, we need to make sure when people leave the talk, you just automatically end up in the same spot, right? Everyone's kind of nearby, or it's or it's really quick to get to, because what happens in a normal in a in a live talk um, or in person talk, uh, people walk up to the stage. The people who, for whatever reason, don't want to ask a question to everybody, right. but they still want to ask the question to the speaker, and so they go up to the stage after, and that's great. I, I, I I'm quite happy to answer those questions after the talk, right? And you end up, yeah, you end up with good conversations. And I mean, at C++ now, you end up going to lunch. That's like... Right. And then writing a paper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you ever want to get hooked into doing some work for the committee, all you got to do is ask a question after a committee member gives a talk, and then uh, you'll be writing a paper for them. Yeah. Who doesn't want that? But then you get to say, I went out to lunch with, you know, somebody. Somebody you wanted to go to lunch with. The Tony of the Tony Awards of C++ yeah. now. Um I think that's how I, I think I first met Bjorn, Bjorn by going to lunch, right? At a, you know, he, he came and spoke at uh, Adobe one time. And it's like, then we all had food. And I'm like, I could just go and sit next to this guy, right? Yeah. Well, that's how, that's how it is at C++ now, right? You know, yeah. I, I come in, never, you know, I roll into the conference, never really been part of the community before. And I'm having a problem with some C++, so I go and ask Chandler how this is supposed to get optimized, and he tells me, right? <laughs> yeah. That's literally the exact Interactions same. Interactions like that happen all the time. Yeah, it's literally the exact same. Mine was several years after you, Ben, but I showed up. Absolutely no one. Like, I'd never been to a conference in my life, let alone spoken at one, um, or vice versa, switch those two around. And then the slide in my algorithm intuition talk with adjacent difference calculating Fibonacci, like that came from a conversation with Ben where I was saying, oh, you know, you can do Fibonacci with transform. And then Ben was like, hold my beer. You know, you can do Fibonacci with adjacent <laughs> difference. And I was like, no, you can't. And he's like, yeah. And then I thought about it for a second and I, I was just like, oh my God, that's one of the worst named algorithms ever. Like, how are you going to recognize that that's, it's just adjacent elements. You can do anything you want. You don't have to subtract. And um, yeah, that experience is, it's like, a, I don't want to say it's a C++ now only thing, but it just, it's those kinds of conversations seems to happen a lot more for whatever reason. Speaking of, you know, coming up with pieces of your talk while you're talking to people, uh, I, I'm, I'm making a, I'm making my lightning talk right now. 
(laughs) (laughs) So you want to give us a a sneak peek? No, no, I don't want to give you. I want you to give me. I need need stuff for my (laughs) All right. So, 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 like I mentioned, I barely mentioned it yesterday, and and Phil, I, I got it from Phil, right? Phil did a talk on solid, and in his talk, he references Rich Hickey, right? Who did closure. And Rich Hickey does a talk called Simple Made Easy, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes into the Latin, simple and complex. They come from Latin plecto and care and all this stuff. And it's all about fold. And, and you know, simple is one fold and complex is many folds, interleaving. And he uses this old word called complect, and complecting, mm-hmm. um, to mean entangling and interleaving, right? And that's what happens in our software all the time. Things get entangled. Like, you know, it's kind of half of my talk yesterday right um so it's kind of like while i was giving my talk yesterday and after my talk um i was real i, I realized it's like i want my lightning talk to be complexing made easy right like, <laughs> because okay. because it's exactly what happens like why is our software you know turn into crap is because we make it too easy to let it turn into mm. crap right it's it's the the easy answer to solve a problem is like the one that entangles your code, right? So, you know, having a lot of uh, data close by is basically, so and the other half is that easy, the the, the term easy um, also comes from, you know, you can trace it back to Latin. It's kind of fuzzy, they're not really sure, but it comes back, comes from adjacent, which is, you know, like adjacent. It's It really means close oh, at see. hand. Easy means close at hand, right? So com- complexing made easy is what our code does. We put things close at hand, and we're just like, "Hey, did you want to? You, did you want to solve this problem? All you got to do is is this things right here. You could just braid them together. It's just if we're just tempting you. We've put all this stuff in the right spot. Why don't you right. just braid it together? So, I mean, one thing I like global variables. I, sh- I have to write this down because I keep forgetting it. So maybe I won't make my slides, but I'll write I'll write it down while we're talking. Um, Global variables, right? Global variables. It's just, it's right there. I could just read this yeah. global variable and uh, and and you know, complete my code. And then the next best thing to a global variable is shared pointer. Shared pointer. Thank you very much. Yep, shared pointer. <laughs> um, what ha- what we have in our code is a class called model that I always bring up. Right. Everyone has a pointer back to model. It'd be okay to have model that owns everything because you always are stuck with a class that has to own everything. Otherwise, things just disappear, right? Right. But everything has a pointer back to model. So I have places in my code where there's literally five layers deep of, I've got model is a member variable and just a raw pointer, right? Pointing back to my parent. Right. Model pointing to foo, pointing to bar, pointing to thing, pointing, ah, that's what I needed. I needed this piece of information and I can get at it through this five step Uh, path. Model is the convenience store. Yeah, yeah, it's all there. You just go to model. So yeah. having exposure to model is complexing made easy. It's like, it's right here. You don't have to make up an interface. You don't have to put in the right function for how, you know, I should have, this information should have been passed down to me through three layers of function calls. That That's that's hard. That's correct code made hard, right? Like uh, simple right. is is not folding your code together. So simple is hard to do and complexing is easy to do because we expose model, you know, that's the problem in our class. So I've got three examples, I need more. How is complexing made easy? Um, I, I think there's a time element, I was gonna say, because because Rich Hickey in his talk talks about uh, easy yeah. is a function of mental ease 
as well, right? Which is a function of time, yeah. right? What's close in time, what you immediately think of is the easy. When you're given time to reflect and, and work on the problem, then you perhaps come up with something that's simpler. Um, yeah, and I also find people, um, you work from uh, an area of, that you already know, right? It's like, well, I know yeah, this part of the yeah. code, and I'm, I'm already, I've, I've touched this class before, so I'll just go from here, right? I've got, I've got, this is the information I know, and then I will just, and it's like, well, you know, if you just went over there and asked that other class to give you the thing you want to know, that would work. And you're like, yeah, but I've never touched that class before. I don't, I don't want to touch that code. Right. It's easy to write code. It's easy to just type. It's harder to grep and find the interface that already exists, maybe. Yeah, this isn't really an example, but uh, twice now this has come up, like it's popped into my head while you've been talking, Tony, is um, I'm not sure if Bjarne Strushup was the first person to hear this or to say this, um, but it's where I heard it first, is that so many people mistake uh, familiarity for simplicity. Yeah. Um, and that be because it's what you're used to working with, it seems simple. Um, and then some new thing that potentially is unfamiliar looks complicated, but if you take the time to restructure uh yeah. at the end of the day it actually is it is objectively simpler than what you have before but um what you know it, like sort of affects what you think is simple um, yeah that that is and that is what the uh, mm -hmm. uh, rich hickey's talk also mentions right that is it, it's almost literally close at hand it's close in your knowledge base right it's like i already right. know this and this is just one step away from what i already know it's familiar right it's like oh i already know whatever this language or you know you you solve a problem like I, we get that when we're do, interviewing people right interviewing i show someone this problem hey can you solve this problem and you'll see someone solving it with with like i'm just like why would you think of this as their you know i'm going to solve it with with probability something something and <laughs> and fine and i'm like and i just listen to it. it's like oh because the last problem they solved they solved that way right it's just like i'm familiar right. with solving problems with this technique so I'm going to try to apply my technique to this problem. And I'm like, okay, let's try something else. Cause it's, this is just not, you know, you don't want to just tell somebody you're totally going down the wrong path, but I, I, I give them time. And then I go like, that might work, but what else? Give me some more ideas on how that might work. You know, like give me some other way to solve this problem. But really what I'm saying, I'll let you know if anyone interviews with me, if I start asking you for other ideas and I don't say your first idea is wrong, I'm really saying your first idea is terrible. Just <laughs> in a nice way. It's like, oh, that that is pretty interesting. But what other ways do you think you could do this? This is this has caused now a great future moment, the moment that is yet to happen of when this happens when you're interviewing someone that just happens to have listened to this episode. You say that, and they're going to be like, oh no, it's terrible. I listened to that episode, Tony, and you're going to be like, oh, well, we may we not be my, what uh, your your friend uh, Ahmad, right? Yeah, just, we we're just talking to yesterday. I he's he's I've been talking to him about like working here as a co-op, right? So this that we could be like this far away from it happening. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Like yeah, there'll be an interview. I'll 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 change my phrasing. I'll just try something else. So I gave a talk at the Denver meetup a few months ago now. And it was it was one of those talks that was I, I want I needed to give it at the meetup because it wasn't a lightning talk and it wasn't a full talk. It was in that 20, 25 minute range, which is so annoying. Yeah. Um but the talk was called The Blacksmith and the Gardener, meaning the two sides of you know what we do. Sometimes 
sometimes you're a blacksmith. Sometimes you're forging things. You're bending the code to your will. You're typing, typing, typing. Um, but that needs to be balanced with the gardener, which is you're just letting things bloom, right? You're letting yourself reflect your, you know, because so often I found myself having the experience as we all have, like, you know, the cliche is like you solve the problem in the shower yeah. or on the run or whatever, you know, in times when your mind is quiet. Um, and and the experience you have, if you're lucky, is that you you, solve, you you get a task to do, you solve it, done, you manage to knock it out, done. And if you're lucky, like a week later, you realize there's a simpler way to do it. Oftentimes you're not that lucky. Yep. Right. And so the thing stays in the code complexified. I, I just do it right the first time. Why doesn't everyone just, <laughs> I don't, I never understood this Why people are always like, you know, throw the first one away. I'm like, no, the first one was good. I just, <laughs> that was, was one of the best part. parts of your talk when you just said, you were like, yeah, I don't want to come across as overconfident, but uh, most of the time I just get things right. That's uh, it's just <laughs> happens to me all the time. Uh, <laughs> I had, I had this, I had this student working for me years ago and she was she was great. One of the her, her best features was that, you know, we'd talk about some stuff, and she'd go off to do some work, and she'd come back in about you know the end of the week or something, and be and she'd be like, "Okay, I was doing this stuff like we said, and I ran into this little problem, and and I went this way, you know." She describes the problem to me, and she's like, "It was it wasn't a big deal, but I I you know, wasn't sure, but I went this way," and I'm like, "Yeah, that was a good good decision, right?" And then she goes on. I also did this thing and we hadn't talked about it, but I thought this made sense. I'm like, yeah, makes completely sense. And then she goes, and now I'm here and I'm not sure which way to go. And she was really good at knowing this was a big decision and she should stop. Right. And just like she had her opinion, but she knew that she should ask somebody because it was, you know, she recognized it was a big decision. I, I thought that was great. Like that's that's a good insight into the whole world of, of programming. And so she'd discuss the problem and, and she'd be like, you know, I could go this way, I could go left, or I could go right, you know, blah, 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 different ways of doing it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, I find that I can always understand, yeah, that, I see how that makes sense. I see how this one makes sense. You can give me five different things. I can see all five point of views, you know. It's really bad for being political or something like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, Tony, that one doesn't make sense. That'd be bad. <laughs> Those people are evil. Oh, well, yeah, but it sounded like, you know, <laughs> but, um, but she would go through the things and she was like, which way should we go? And I have this gut instinct of which way we should go. And I'm like, well, this one makes sense to me, but I can't say why I think it's better than any other way. So I usually would just say whichever one you're most comfortable with, because you're going to be the one writing the code. And unless I see like why it's obviously wrong or something, it's fine. They're all they're all roughly equivalent. Go in whatever direction you're comfortable with. And then she would go off into a direction and stuff like that. And then like three months later, it'd be like, oh, we'd both see it. Like that was not the right direction. This is we should not have gone down this way. It's like, <laughs> let's do it this other way that I think just feels right to me. And it wouldn't we'd never come back to that. It would always be like, yeah, that one worked out. And eventually, after she was there for a couple of terms and stuff, eventually she's just like, I'm just gonna do it your way. Okay, whichever way. Like you don't have to explain to me why you think it's the right way. We're just gonna go with yours. And I'm like, all right. It's just let's just call it experience or something. It just, it's just let's go with my way from now on. And it was good. We both agreed that you know <laughs> that you're always right. Yeah, and, and, and it worked out. Like it was true. It just the stuff we did. It was right, and we went on the third day. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's a good. 
that sort of rings true. You know, I was thinking the other day, I, the answer with C++ is always it depends, yep. right? Right. Once you get past a certain level. And so it becomes harder and harder to give a definitive answer when someone comes up to you and says, you know, they're, they're looking for your opinion. They're looking for what's the right. Well, they're not even looking for your opinion. They're looking for you to give the authority. What's the yeah. right way to do this? Yeah. How am I supposed and to do so, this? Just tell and me. That, and I'll and do that's it. a really difficult question to answer because it's always it depends. And yeah. so, you know, maybe the way to go is, well, you know, here's, here's the experienced way. Uh, it's not necessarily the, the authoritatively right way I'm saying, but, but here's yeah. how I would do it. And I, and I think isn't it because I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out because the sad part is I literally could not tell you why I think one way is better than the other. I just think it is right. It just like it just feels like the right way. And it wouldn't be till later on down the road where we're like, oh, yeah, this is why it's, the, you know, that was bad and this is good. Um, but I know after I've spent time trying to figure out what is it. And it really is. Keep your stuff separate. It's just like my instinct is to separate things. And I find that that instinct does not does not fail right i did it in i did it in math i did it like you know it's it's a mathematical thing in my head it's it's abstraction and stuff it's like you know th these concepts are separate keep things separate and and then even if something isn't wrong it's okay because it's all separate and you fix the one piece right it's like the whole the whole thing's not wrong right right i don't know yeah ben when you were saying that uh when people ask you know how do you do this that reminded me in my very first job, when I had become experienced, sometimes folks would, we would have some small job that needed to be done and it'd be like, oh, well, can you just give me the first couple of steps? And inevitably, like, if I were actually doing it, there's like a series of like six disjoint things that I would try, like, and I, they're all ranked. And I would try the first one, realize, oh, no, that's not going to work. Then try the second one, that's not going to work. And then on the fourth one of six, okay, no, this is the right way to do it. Um, but when someone asks you like oh how to do this you i typically just tell them the first thing um, and i'm just like oh uh, i would go down this route and then you know 60 minutes later they come back and say well i tried that and it's it's really not working and then i go and sit down next to them and oh yeah yeah that's clearly not going to work and um so why don't know. you just give them the fourth one first man like because I, <laughs> I, <still don't> <laughs> I don't even know that the fourth fourth one is the, the right one and that's why i think uh honestly like pair programming uh i absolutely love um pair programming especially when yeah. Um, there's a person at work, uh, his name's Ashwin that I work with at, at NVIDIA and he's like a Python expert and I, I'm a quote unquote C++ expert. And because of our library that we work on, it's Python bindings. Yes. Expert with the quotations. It's the only way to do it. Um, what you, this, you this is expert in other languages, the C++, you have to put the quotes on it. This is a tangent. Uh, <laughs> but I have recently inside my head, uh, I used to put the Scott Sure quote at the beginning of my talks, whereas I'm not an expert, I'm just a dude. Um, I have a new quote that I don't even know who said, I just heard it. And I was like, that is perfect. And it's the more I learn, the less I know. Um, and it's this idea that like, I like learning a bunch about different languages and paradigms. And like, so I'm learning this stuff at very surface level. And just all I'm doing really is discovering that there's so much more that like, I don't know. And so as I learn right. more, I feel less and less of an expert and more this, and more of like an imposter. <laughs> this though is the hallmark of expertise, right? The way I've heard it said is, um, the larger your island of knowledge, the longer your coastline of ignorance. Yeah. Mm, that's wow. Where'd you hear that from? We gotta uh, on, somewhere. We gotta, you can, I'll, I'll you can Google it. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and find. That's almost more eloquent than than what I uh, when I had said. And what's the word? I was saying uh, expert, right? Because we were talking about pairing, and it's just fantastic because um, 
we both sort of acknowledge like that we have our areas of what we know and um, there's just so much teaching and and um, where you're the driver and the expert sort of is the, is the other person guiding you. Uh, it's just fantastic because there's so many times where inevitably you know that if you were by yourself, you're gonna spend an hour or two hours or three hours trying to figure out how to do this. And then they'll quickly, they'll see you going down the path and they'll say, okay, that's a really good thought, but like, let me just fix that. And it, it's, you just learn, it's like concentrated learning. Um, yeah. And I just, it's, it's fantastic. Um, uh, you, a friend of mine, a coworker, uh, he, he used to, if, we, if he was watching you code, he would just slowly start making a noise. He'd just be like, uh, eh, uh, uh. <laughs> it just get worse. You know, if he just kept going, he's just like, uh, you're like, oh, I should stop now. <laughs> if it was just like, you're missing a semicolon, it would just be a tiny little noise, right? And just like, ah, the compiler will find it. But yeah, if he really started going down the wrong path, he'd just increase the volume till you stop. All right. Well, we're we're at like the hour mark here, and I realize I've already kept you thirty minutes into the next talk, which I was super looking forward to. So I'm not sure which, which is the next one you're going to. Uh, there's one called Algorithms as Expressions by I That's, don't. That sounds like something oh, you'd go to. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah, it's by I'm going to mispronounce this name, so I apologize. Uh, Alexander uh, Bakarikov. Um, you could have just went with Alexander. Just like you know, how uh, many? This is probably not more than one talk by. <laughs> First name, I can get the first name. I'm probably sure that I mispronounced the first name anyways. Um, <laughs> but if, if I hop into that one, uh, I'll have to catch the first 30 minutes later. But is there anything, I feel like too, we've mentioned a lot of folks by first name. So Chandler refers to Chandler Carruth uh, from Google. Uh, Eric refers to Eric Niebler from uh, Ranges V3, uh, currently works at Facebook, but is, did the pioneering work behind what's become C++20 Ranges. I feel like we've mentioned a couple other people. Uh, when oh, I'm re-listening yeah. to this, if, if I haven't mentioned the last name, I'll try and just, just cause the, I recall listening to CPP cast episodes early on and people would refer to like Herb and I didn't know yeah. who Herb was. And we just, but, as C++ right. we, we, we assume everyone knows that Herb Sutter is the chair of the C++ ISO committee. Bjarne, true stroke. It's, y yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> right. I think I said his name, so it's like, yeah. That's the creator of C++ for any non-C++. I assume every C++ -er knows that, but there might be a... You know, it's funny. I, 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 I hate doing uh, reviews at, at work, right? It's, it's the, like, you know, you get the yearly review or whatever kind of crap, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> which I, I just don't. If you're not reviewing, I'm sorry, you're trying to end and get out of here, but if you're um, not reviewing all throughout the year, like, you should know what your manager's opinion of you yeah. is and your your people that you're managing they should know how you feel it's not a one time a year thing right but you fill out these forms and like so i got to the point where i filled out the forms with quotes from from co-authored from co-workers right it just like it looked just looks like a movie poster it's just like <laughs> awesome idea tony you know like and i just put i, I put down i remember this one i said awesome idea you know, Christine. Christine said, "Awesome idea for some." It was like lunch plans, but you know, they don't need to know that. <laughs> but I included. I remember including a quote from Bjarne. I said like a plus one from Bjarne or whatever, something like that. And then I realized my manager doesn't know who that is. Like, I'm like it's such a good thing that I put on my. It's like, look, Bjarne Struzjep likes something I said, and then I'm like, oh, this is gonna get lost on my manager. But yeah, you know, everyone else knows who he is. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, uh, I listen to a podcast called the Ladybug podcast. And, uh, one of the biggest things they say is whenever someone like says something nice, just jot it down. Just if you, at the end of your year, 
when you're putting together like some, it, not all companies, but a lot of companies, you have to write your own sort of performance review and send it yeah. in. If you have like, if 50% of it is just like coworker X, you know, yeah. said this positive thing about this PR and, and you know, uh, coworker Y that I spent some time teaching said this was, you know, increased productivity five, five X for a week or something. Um, that is like the best stuff that managers want to see. Well, well, especially when it depends what you do, right? Like if you are someone who just writes code and you can just say like, look, go, go look at the at the code, the source code. Like you can see all my check-ins, right? Like that's just, here's all this work I've done. Half of my job is not typing code. Right. So I need right. to be able to say, you know, like, what did you do? Like even, even stand-ups, every day at stand-up, I say what, I'm, what I think I'm going to be doing today. And then I know that's not what's going to happen because other things yeah. are going to happen. I'm going to, someone's going to have a problem. I'm going to go do that. And like, so I don't know why I bother. And sometimes I do. I just say, you you guys know whatever I say is a lie. <laughs> so just, just, I'm going to think of doing this and I'll do something else because that's the way it goes. Right? Yep. All right. Any last uh, parting C++ now, 2021 uh, words? Oh yeah, and also I said Ben. I cut you off, Tony. I just said Ben didn't give a talk. He did give a lightning talk um, on four CCs. Oh, I which, did. Which and featured I'm give the, another one. Yeah, featured the uh, guinea pig. One of his four guinea pigs named Iota, um, which obviously everybody yeah. should love that name. And yeah. apparently, you're giving another one. You've already heard Tony's giving a. Do you, know the, do you know what the name of your lightning talk is, Tony? Uh, and and Ben. Oh, mine is uh, wait when paradigms collide. Ooh, maybe APL is going to get mentioned. I, I have to. I'm, I'm like I'm I'm under the wire here. I've got like an hour to make slides on it. I haven't even like put it in. I, I mentioned to Michael that I might have a talk. I haven't formally put it in there, but yeah, we'll see. See, you have to leave it as well. I already told you it's complexing made easy. That's that's what it's going to be called if I ever get to it. If I don't get it to it now, I'll do it next uh, conference. Yeah, so. and oh, and here's here's the final parting words. You know. Uh, Tony gave a secret short lightning talk yesterday <laughs> at the aforementioned conversation yeah. where we, where we missed Barry's talk, um, where he showed his uh, Fabio long hair from I'm not yeah. sure what, what year, but um, oh, I, I'm sure that was just a couple weeks ago. It wasn't, <laughs> a couple, it was, couple weeks ago. <laughs> it wasn't 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, 25 years ago. Yeah. No, this is my COVID look. Yeah. Maybe it's just it's too easy to type. That's the ultimate thing. Like it's too easy to type, type some code, add a variable, add a function uh, yeah. parameter. Well, even even you know what? Even a, that. Even writing code inside. You know, I already just wrote like add a member member function is easier than starting a new file, right? Right. Right. So that that's why you make member functions and be like, because oh, yeah. I, I get this all the time. People are like, well, where would I put that function? Where like just do I put it in this file? Do I put it in a separate file? And same thing with like I could just write code here in the function yeah. I know I need to change. Instead of adding a function. And instead of adding another function, right? Okay, I've got enough. I've got enough for a talk, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, well, thanks for taking the time uh, to, to tune in and uh, share your thoughts about the conference. And hopefully 2022, come May, uh, we're all gonna be in Aspen, hopefully. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah. I've got my vaccine appointment for Sunday. I just locked it in last night. So the world's hopefully going to be going back to normal. And uh, yep. yeah, my second vaccination is coming up as well. 
This is going to be so weird because I'm not sure how many people are like me and go back and watch podcasts from like 10 years ago and go from zero to episode 150. But there's going to be people like 10 years from now, you know, a handful of them that are listening to this as well. Oh, yeah, I guess there is that crazy virus that really yeah. messed things up for a while. Hey. You know, let me, let me just slip in the rest of the political. Like I, there was a point where I was saying even before COVID wasn't, we really didn't know what was going on with COVID. But I was just like, I'm not going back to the States. Like your country's on fire and... And like, I just, I'm just going to avoid this country, but like, I'm kind of hoping the, this, not just COVID, but other stuff settles down. And well, I mean, I hope it makes, not just settles down because we go back to the way it was, but you know, progress is made. Uh, but yeah, for a while I was just like, I don't want to go to this, it, it, your country sucks, but it's not so bad. It's not, so bad. <laughs> it's not Canada, you know, but <laughs> All right, on that note, <laughs> and uh, we appreciate all the American listeners that have tuned in up until this episode. <laughs> look, look ben, to the move up to Canada. I, that's an idea. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll start that. Uh, Tony was talking about a uh, a second Canadian conference after CPP North, which hasn't even started yet. And it's going to be like the Muskoka Wilderness. Uh, Muskoka plus plus. That's not a bad name. Um, no one understands. Oh, is this different. gonna have the? Uh, are you gonna do a talk, which is also a hike? Oh, that's still a plan for Aspen. Someday, someday I'll do the hike talk. I was talking to Bryce about that a little while ago. He's like, "We have to really do this instead of just talking about it." To, to be clear, this is not uh, you know a Tony with like a, a a GoPro giving a talk while he's hiking. It's him giving a talk. While everybody's hiking, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. Tony, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Ah, it's <laughs> every second word. Uh. My plan is actually you guys go for the the walk, and I don't. That 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 is part of the plan. I'm I'm gonna put like little uh, markers along the path. Oh, nice for, for you to discuss. That's that's my plan. Oh wow, that yep. sounds like because like the, the the problem is like we can't take we can't take sixty people. Or whatever, together and and do a talk yeah. in in you know because because the path's too too narrow, you know. So you have to break up into smaller groups. So we need a way that each group on its own can experience the talk. But you know, and and so you need to. I think what I need the route with like CPP cones. Yeah, exactly. That is <laughs> that you're you you've got it. That's what it's going to be. Um, and and I might need I need uh you know uh group group leaders. Right, so I might you know hook you guys in to be like, okay, you're taking one group of ten, and you you go this way, and you take another group of ten, and you go that way, and then I'll just hang out at the <laughs> yeah, at the barbecue or something, wait for you to come back. This sounds like a whole new category of you know this is gonna be, it's gonna start in C plus plus Topia, and then it's gonna spread to every other language. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is a good idea. I look forward to it. All right, we'll have to make it happen. All right, 2022. Now you've locked it. This is going out into the ether. People are going to hear it, and they're going to be disappointed if it doesn't happen. So, all right, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. We could be. Right. We could save it for the Muskokas. Well, you start putting a conference together, Tony, and I'll I'll be the first one I, to sign I, up. I can't <laughs> even organize. Uh, I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do talks at work every every second Monday. I can't get that organized. So don't don't expect me to be doing a conference. <laughs> you do a conference, I'll show up. That's All right. The, that's so much I'll, I'll do. I'll think about Muskoka Plus uh, Plus. Yeah. Although, you know, if I end up setting up a conference, you know, like there's going to be an 
APL dedicated track. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, if it's got nature involved, I will learn APL just for that. Wow, maybe that's yeah. the that's the angle. Is yeah. uh, we got to uh, make APL great again by uh, you know bringing nature into the mix somehow. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is for the third or fourth time. Uh, th <laughs> thanks Bye for coming on. This was awesome. Thanks, Connor. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.